Welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Today, I want to kind of start tackling some different sort of overlanding gear or modifications and kind of how useful they are. So, you know, a lot of the questions that I get kind of on a weekly basis are, you know, do you have a fridge? If so, which one? Why do you use a fridge? What do you like about using a fridge? Um, you know, things like, do you wear down? How much do you wear down to? What PSI do you run? When do you wear down? You know, what makes sense? That sort of thing. So again, I wanted to kind of start, maybe not on every single episode, but at least once or maybe twice a month, kind of pick a topic that is, uh, you know, related to overlanding, related to something that would be helpful for you guys, and then kind of tackle it and give you my sort of opinions, my feelings on it. Um, talk about reasons why I do a thing or run a, set, a piece of gear, that sort of thing. Um, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about airing down. And this is really pertinent for me because I just got back from a winter trip to Wisconsin. They had a couple feet of snow. I'm from Indiana. We don't get nearly as much snow down here, so I'm not as familiar with that. And I kind of had a debate with my buddy uh, Matt from Fries on the Side that I met up with because I was like, yeah, I, I don't really air down that much, you know, just because it's kind of a pain. And again, in Indiana, it's like gravel roads, right? So I just don't have the need for it. Um, but I learned a lot this weekend. I got to see firsthand just how much of a difference airing down can do from a traction standpoint. So again, I wanted to touch on sort of why you would want to air down, what the benefits of it are. I want to talk a little bit about how I air down, the tools that are used, the tools that are used to air back up, that kind of thing. And then at the end, I want to kind of talk a little bit about those different options, how much they cost approximately, and sort of the benefits of each so that you can make a better informed decision, right? If you are thinking about getting like a, you know, a four tire system that will inflate and deflate your tires, you know, that is one option, or you may just have like the tire deflators, or you may just go around one at a time with a, you know, a gauge and just deflate them yourself. Um, so again, it kind of depends on a lot of factors. So we're going to get into all that on this episode. So if you want to hear more about airing down benefits, all that kind of stuff, stay tuned. All Things Overlanding is brought to you by some fantastic companies. You should definitely check out the description and click through their links to see all the awesome stuff they offer. Companies like Red Arc for all your overlanding power management needs. Last US Bag, tons of amazing quality overlanding bags. Rugged Bound Supply Company, rooftop tents, awnings, roof racks, and more. The Moore Expo 2022. Get your tickets below. And Northology Overland, guided overlanding trips and a free overlanding magazine. So as I mentioned today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about airing down benefits, you know, cost, what components you need to buy to do that sort of thing, um, my thoughts on it, and sort of my experiences with it, right? So again, I never pretend to be some sort of an expert or anything. I have been doing this for a few years now, so I do feel like I've got a decent amount of experience. But, you know, people that go to off-road parks and stuff probably have even more experience than I do with airing down. Now, my background, I was sort of a wheeler before, not like a hardcore wheeler, but I did go to off-road parks quite a bit. I had a lifted uh, Cherokee XJ before that I really, really liked. I had a ton of fun going to off-road parks. Probably made like 20, 25 trips in a, the three or four years that I had that truck. So like, I went quite a bit and I learned quite a bit about throttle modulation and all that sort of stuff. But one of the things that I also learned doing that was the importance of airing down. Now, in an off-road park, it's nice, right? Because most of them, at least the ones that I've been to, they have an 
a big huge compressor at the end that you can use to air your tires back up so you can get you know a set of 31s or 33s or even 35s back up to pressure in just a few minutes so that's kind of nice however when you're overlanding right you're out in the middle of nowhere that's the whole point is to go out and explore find places where there aren't a lot of people and you can kind of be alone and, and enjoy nature um, but so then you have to be self-sufficient when it comes to airing down or airing back up um, Again, I mentioned that I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Indiana, we don't get a ton of snow here anymore. We did when I was a kid, I don't know, global warming happened, something. Um, now we just don't really get very much snow. Definitely not enough to where like, I've had to wade through feet and feet of it, you know, day after day after day. So, I don't air down that much. Like, honestly, when we go to the forest, it's gravel roads, they're not super washboard around here, so like, I don't even have to deal with that. Yes, it would probably be a little bit more comfortable if I aired down, but not enough, in my opinion, with my current setup to warrant all the extra time and effort and work that goes into airing down and airing back up. However, on some trips that I've been to, like, you know, in January of 2022, I went to Kentucky and ran the Daniel Boone Backcountry Byway. There were some pretty aggressive trails down there. There were trails with some huge big old boulders, some like sort of rock walls that you had to climb up, things like that. In that case, it made perfect sense to air down. It was totally worth it. You know, for the few days that we were there, we just aired down and we dealt with it on the roads. So on the roads, when you're aired down, obviously you're gonna have sort of a sluggish, sloppy feel because you don't have as stiff of a sidewall. Um, so the, the feeling is different, right? Um, but off the trail or off the road on the trails, the feel is so much better. The ride is more comfortable. It there are other benefits too. Like it can help save your suspension some wear and tear because you know think about it this way: if your tires are super aired up, they're more stiff, right? They're harder. So as you're hitting you know washboard, you know washed out sort of roads or rocks and things like that, your suspension has to do all the work to absorb that impact. Whereas if you have softer aired down tires, you know, the contact patch spreads. So instead of being, you know, super narrow and tight, then they spread out, they get bigger, you get more contact with the ground. And it also softens those impacts. So it actually can save wear and tear in the long run on your suspension, which is another thing that, you know, I don't think a lot of us think about. We just think of it from a traction standpoint, but there are other benefits besides just traction, um, like a better ride, less impact on your suspension, that kind of stuff that is also an important factor in it. And it basically doesn't cost you anything, right? Like you could use, you know, some sort of a gauge with a with a little, uh, you know, drain plug on the side of it, if you will, that you could go around and you could bring them from, you know, whatever you run them at, 32, 35 pounds of pressure down to 15 or 18 or 20 or whatever you're comfortable running in your tires. Um, and that will, for zero dollars, basically just a little bit of time and effort, save you some suspension wear and make your ride a little bit better on the trails. Um, so, you know, we're kind of already on this topic, but why air down, right? So the main thing is the bigger contact patch, right? So just if you think of it the same way, or actually the opposite way of what I was saying about the road, right? On the road, when your tires are aired up, you get a better feeling of control, right? Because your tires do not have as much give in the sidewall. They have more air in them. They're stiffer. So when you take a turn on the highway, you don't want the tires to be bending over, folding over, and, and giving, right? You don't want them to be that soft. You want them to be stiffer. Off-road, it's exactly the opposite thing, right? So off-road, if you have your tires aired way up, and they are full of pressure, then they are tighter, right? So you have less contact patch, you have less rubber touching the ground, which means you have less grip, You the tires are not as supple, they're not as soft, so they're not gonna grab onto boulders, rocks, you know, down tree branches, limbs, things like that that will be in your way maybe on a trail. Um, so, you know, when you air down, 
for off-road, it makes a ton of sense, not just from a comfort standpoint, not just from a suspension saving standpoint, but especially from a traction standpoint, be able to go over those types of boulders and, and obstacles that you're gonna face when you're off-road. You know, another reason to air down, and again, I just experienced this last weekend, was snow. Um, and again, I was kind of like, meh, I don't know how much of a difference airing down is gonna make in the snow because I just haven't dealt with it a whole lot. I haven't had to deal with feet of snow for days at a time. However, I will say, so we aired down, we didn't air down at first, and I went to our campsite, and when you get there on the road, there's basically probably about 500 feet of like sort of rutted, snowy trail. And there were definitely a couple times where like I was in four high and I was at like 32 to 35 pounds of pressure in my tires. And I was giving it gas and kind of, you know, chewing through it. Now I just stayed on it. I kept my throttle constant and I dug through it and I was able to make it through. But there were definitely some times where I was struggling a little bit, even with, you know, the, the amount of lift that I've got and the big aggressive tread tires that I've got on the truck. Um, and again, that's just in my mind, I'm like, well, that's why I air down. It's not worth it. It's only a few hundred feet back here to this campsite. It's not like I need to air down, right? Um, but I get back to camp and then uh, Matt Fry that I mentioned uh, that I camped with, he rolled in. Well, he's from Wisconsin, so he's used to it. He rolls into camp and he starts to uh, air down his tires because we were going to go hit some trails. And I was like, yeah, I may just leave mine alone because I didn't even bring my compressor to air back up. You know, I just I didn't didn't really occur to me. I guess I could always hit a gas station if I need to to air back up. But, you know, do you think it's really necessary? And he said, trust me, it's it's necessary. And I tell you what, I aired down to about 15 pounds of pressure in all four tires. I have uh, tire deflators that I use. And I aired down to about 15 and getting out of there was a breeze. It, I mean, it probably felt half as difficult as it did on the way in. And uh, that right there for me was like, wow, okay, yeah, snow, it makes a huge difference. Well, then, you know, we went and we did some, ran some errands and stuff. The next day was the heavy trail day. So Saturday we woke up, we were going to go hit trails. Um, you know, I was aired down all the other, you know, we met up with some other Jeep guys. Those guys all were aired way down, maybe 12 pounds of pressure, maybe even less than me with bead locks on and stuff like that. Um, but everyone was aired down. And when we hit these trails, I was just unstoppable. Like I felt unstoppable. Whereas again, the day before I struggled a little bit on less aggressive trails, less snow covered trails. Um, again, because of that wider contact patch, that bigger contact patch, and the ability to sort of grab onto anything under that snow that you can with the air down tires, it made a tremendous uh, amount of difference. Um, another example of that, and just further proof of that was, you know, then Saturday afternoon, we got back to camp. Uh, Matt and I did. We were eating dinner and stuff, and we decided, you know what, we don't want to deal with airing back up tomorrow morning. Um, let's just go ahead and knock it out now. We've got time. We're just hanging out at camp. Let's do it. So we aired back up Saturday night. Well, then it rained. It actually got a little bit warmer Saturday night. Some of the snow sort of melted a little bit, and then it poured down rain for like five or six hours. So the next morning, everything was kind of like slushy and wet and very, very slippery getting out of there. It took us, I mean, just that same trail, right? That 500 feet or so of trail. He's towing a trailer out of there. So there was that added amount of weight and difficulty in getting out um, from the, the campsite, he had to winch himself twice because he was full of air. I had to winch myself once. Like I thought, oh, I won't have any problems. You know, I got in here. It's no big deal. I mean, I hit a point where I just started to dig right down through the snow and I just dug trench, I dug little holes under my tires and I did not have the contact patch that I needed to get out of it. And I ended up having to winch myself the last like 50 feet to the road. Um, so again, it was literally like night and day. Like you could see coming in, aired up, difficult to get back there. Air down, getting out was a breeze. 
coming back from off-roading, off-roading all day, breeze with it aired down, put air back in the tires, stuck, right? Winching myself on just like a rutted two track. So it's really shocking. So if you, you know, if you don't believe me that, I'm just telling you from my experience that I have seen it firsthand how much of a difference being aired down can make. And it is a night and day difference. So if you're doing anything in steep snow, if you're doing anything on like super washboard or rutted trails, if you're doing anything super rocky, like an Ozarks trail, something like that, that's really rocky and, and rutted, then you're probably going to want to air down a little bit, at least down to like 20-ish, 22, 25, something like that. Some lower tire pressure to give you more contact patch. If it's really aggressive, really deep snow, you're going to want to go even further down. Um, you know, I don't really, it, it kind of depends on the application. It depends on your tire. It depends on a lot of factors like what PSI. So I'm not going to tell you like, you should always go to 12 or you should always go to 15 or 20 or whatever. You just need to kind of play with it, right? I mean, the good thing is you can always go down more. So let's say that you were at 35 on the highway and you aired down to 25 just to, because it takes longer, right? It's going to take longer to air back up. The, the further down you go, the longer it's going to take to air back up, right? So if you want to bring it down to 25 and try it and you, you're still having trouble and you're getting stuck, air down to 20, air down to 15, you know, let it just kind of, you'll learn as you go with your specific tires, your specific vehicle, what makes the most sense for you, but maybe start a little bit high and then you can always go down. Okay. So talking about methods of airing down and or up. Um, I will tell you guys how I do it currently. Again, until this last weekend in Wisconsin, I did not, it's just never been such a big priority for me that I felt like I needed, you know, like a faster flate system or, you know, the four wheel, the four tire, you know, air up deflation, inflation tools, and like a big, huge compressor. You know, I've run a Vire 88P, which is just a little small guy, but it does fine. It might take, you know, you can, it has a, a chuck so you can attach it to the tire and you can just let it run and fill up the tires might take seven or eight minutes per tire so you know 35 40 minutes to air up all four of my tires is a long time right but i don't air down that much so again until this last weekend i just hadn't thought about it a whole lot so i have these screw-on tire deflators i'll put a picture up here of what they look like but they're basically just like these things uh, that you screw onto your tires you preset them they have like a little adjustable thing on the top so you preset them to whatever uh, pressure you want your tires to go down to 15, 18, 20, whatever it is. Um, and then all you have to do is screw them on and they just automatically will deflate it to that PSI, which is really, really handy and really nice because again, you don't have to stand there and watch them or air them down. One of the negative side effects of that though is it's basically like a spinning dial is how you uh, set those tire pressures. Little did I realize one of those had gotten tweaked. So I aired down all my tires. I get in and I'm like, man, this thing's kind of pulling to the left. Well, I get out and my driver's side front tire is at like four PSI. Like it had to be like four or five PSI. I mean, it was like, looked flat almost. And all the other tires looked, you know, low, but not that low. So one of those things that's kind of a negative of that is if you're not careful and you tweak it or it gets spun or something when you're putting it away, it could, you know, lower you to a tire pressure that is even lower than you want. Or they may be uneven. They may not all be to the same pressure. Um, but that's how I do it right now. I do those deflators. Um, I need to fix that one, get it readjusted back to the right level so that I can, you know, have them not go flat on me. Um, but that's how I deflate them. Then when I have to inflate, again, I have a Vire 88P. I do have like a quick release chuck so I can just put it on the tire, turn the compressor on, just watch it and pop it off, check the tire pressure, get myself back up to pressure. But I have to do it one tire at a time. Um, Again, now that I've done more, now that I'm trying to take more trips, I'm trying to go on more and more aggressive trails, I'm trying to hit, you know, stuff like the Ozarks, I'm trying to hit stuff like West Virginia, I'm going to the UP more, I'm going to Kentucky a lot more, I am realizing the importance of airing down and airing up, and so I'm probably going to be upgrading pretty soon to like a more flight type of system. 
Um, again, I'll put links to all this stuff I'm talking about below. So if you're looking for something like this, make it really easy for you to find. I like my Viar 88P. I like the extension hose that I have for it because I can leave it in one place on the truck and get all four tires. I like the quick release chuck that I've got for it because it just makes airing up even easier than screwing the thing on. You just can clip it onto the, the valve stem and you're good to go. Um, that is a good option if you're not doing it that much, right? Next sort of level up is you could still use a, a lower CFM, you know, rate of speed compressor and run it through one of those like Morflate type systems. And I'll put a link to that Morflate stuff down below too because it's pretty cool. Um, but it's basically like a regulator in the middle with four tubes that come off of it. So you can hook them up to all four of your tires at the same time and then it regulates all of them to exactly the same pressure. So then you basically hook up your compressor to that and it runs air out to all those and it, it regulates it so that they all go to 35 or they all go down to 15. So you can deflate them to a certain amount. You can inflate them to a certain amount. But that way it's not, they're not individual uh, deflators where you have to worry about them not being the same or not being even, um, that sort of thing. So that is definitely an option. Now with that though, generally you want a bigger compressor because now you're trying to air up all four tires. I think my little Vire 88P would catch on fire and explode if I tried to use something like a Morflate system to inflate all four tires. I just don't think it can do it. Um, but so then you're talking about like, you know, there are things like the ARB uh, dual pump 400P, I think it's called. Um, I'm eyeing that one. There are also like the, the Napa. If you're looking for a more budget option, there's that Napa one that I think is like over five CFM. Um, something like that would probably work as well. So again, I'll put links to all this stuff. There was one that I found online that was about 160 bucks on Amazon that looks a lot like the, the Maxitrack one from uh, Napa and would probably be a good option too. Um, but so yeah, so there are, there are a number of options that you can consider depending on how often you think you're gonna air down or air up. Um, so as far as cost goes, you know, again, if you just have the deflators, I think mine were like 40 or 50 bucks for a set of four of these tire deflators. They're really affordable. Um, and then to air back up, my, my 88P was like 60, 70 bucks. And then I bought an extended hose for like 20 bucks and that quick chuck that was like less than 10 bucks. So, I mean, I'm, I'm less than 100 bucks into my compressor, easy. But it's a smaller compressor, it's a slower compressor. It's, you're gonna have to go tire by tire by tire and it's gonna take a really long time. So, you know, like if we had wanted to get up and leave the next morning, and we hadn't aired up the night before, I would have had to calculate 40 to 50 minutes to air up my tires. That's a long time, and that can really impact your trip. Um, so, but you know, so for less than 100 bucks for a compressor, and call it 50 bucks for the tire deflators, for about 150 bucks, you can have a really basic setup that's still pretty convenient, pretty easy, pretty quick to air down, not quite as quick to air up, but it works fine. Um, you know, sort of the next tier again would be like a Morflate system and a better compressor, something like the Napa compressor or the one that I'm linking in the description below that's on Amazon. Those things have a really good amount of air that they that they move. Um, so that teamed with something like a Morflate system, again, about 150 to 220 bucks, somewhere in that ballpark um, for that system. You're talking probably about 300 bucks for that system. And then sort of the top tier would be if you want like the biggest, baddest, most reliable uh, compressor you could get. You know, there are, there are options for that that are in like the three to 400 range, plus then like something like the Morflate. So call that five to 600 bucks. Um, so it does kind of, it grows a lot, right? It basically doubles it at each tier, 150 to about 300 bucks to about five to 600 bucks, right? So that's why, that's why I've put it off for years and years, right? Like I have not upgraded and gone to a full on, you know, double compressor, pushing a ton of air, permanently mounted with, you know, chucks everywhere on my truck to, to hook everything up and, and a four wheel system. 
Um, however, I again, I am realizing that the more that I go, the more I want that because it's just such a hassle. I'm spending so much time. Like I can set up my tent in two minutes. I can set up my awning in two, two and a half minutes. But then I have to wait 40, 50 minutes to air up my tires. You know, like that's everything is starting to, to take time. So that is why I'm considering these these more expensive but nicer systems. Um, so again, you have to think about your application. You have to think about your location. How often do you air down? How often do you need to air back up? Do you hit off-road parks a lot? And do you not want to wait in line to use their compressor? Do you, would you rather just have your own nice system that's sort of dedicated and built in? Those are the things you need to think about. Is it worth spending five to 600 bucks to have a top-of-the-line system, maybe even permanently mounted in your vehicle, that makes airing up and down really easy? Or would you rather spend some of that money on other gear and save some money and just get some tire deflators and a decent compressor, right? Um, but so I thought this was a really interesting topic, right? I thought that this was something that uh, would be really good to talk about because, because I've fought it for years and years and now I am starting to realize like I do go enough where it makes sense. So if you guys have questions about that or you have thoughts on it, I'm sure a lot of you guys know more than I do about airing up and airing down, post up in the comments down below. Let me know what you think. Um, I'd love to hear from you. If you're not already, make sure to click that subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. Um, I do a podcast once a week, and it's on YouTube and my podcast channels, all major podcast channels. I've got a Facebook page. I've got an Instagram page. There's a Patreon page. We've got a Discord now. So we're all you know, hanging out, talking all day long about overlanding and gear and mods and trips and that sort of thing. Um, so tons of cool stuff happening there. Definitely uh, would love to have you as a Patreon patron. Um, and then Newbie Overlanders is a new Facebook group that I started a couple, two, three months ago. And it's grown. It's already over 2,000 members. So it's just been awesome. But none of the bullying and stuff that you get on the bigger pages. Um, so the, hopefully that's something you might be interested in too. But if you want to hear more about any of that stuff, definitely come and hang out on those pages. We would love to have you as part of the, the ATO family, if you will. Um, but again, thanks for listening on the podcast. Thanks for watching on YouTube. I appreciate you guys. And I hope you have a great week.